You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So we've been uh, going through this series that I've titled PG, stands for Parental Guidance, Parental Guidance Needed, and uh, today I'm going to be wrapping up the series, uh, but I want to touch base on what we've gone through. Uh, So if you haven't been here uh, during the four weeks, uh, the first week we talked about how parents matter in every season of life. And, uh, and there's no doubt about that. We see that from the Word of God, that as parents, we make a difference in our children's life in every season. So we talked about that. And then the second week, uh, we learned how blended families can become united uh, through the power of Jesus. And so I got a lot of wonderful feedback from both of those sermons. And uh, the reality, there's a lot of blended families that, that, are, that are around. And how do we navigate through those difficulties of, of bringing two uh, you know, when we become a Brady Bunch, how do we navigate through that? So we learned about what the Bible says. And then last week, uh, we moved into uh, the, the story of Hagar and how Hagar was a single mom. And we found out that she wasn't alone because God met her where she needed to be met. And then today, we're going into the last part. And I'm going to be talking about a subject uh, that affects more than 50% of our country. And it's a subject that, uh, that is difficult, and, uh, and so it's a, it's a subject of divorce. And the crazy thing about this sermon that I'm going to preach is the first Sunday that we started the PG series, I had another sermon that I had in place that was called Living Under the Safety or the Umbrella of God. And I was sitting right there, and the Lord just quickened me and said, you need to talk about divorce. And, uh, and so this is where we're at right now. Um, before I even go into my message, I, I want to pray because it is a very difficult subject. And I know how it impacts uh, so many people around us. Around us. If 50% or more than 50% of people are, are divorced, that tells me that, uh, that I may be speaking to someone in this, in this service that you have gone through a divorce, or maybe you're navigating in the process of a divorce, or, uh, or maybe divorce impacted you as a child. Um, and so even on the podcast, people that are listening, I, I'm speaking to someone, I know it, that, uh, that divorce has, has, has come, a, come into your life, and, and so I just need God's prayer. So will you pray with me as we go into this message? Father, um, first of all, thank you for, thank you, for you being... The, the anchor in our lives through Jesus. And as I talk about divorce today, I, I pray that you grace me with words and with, uh, with your heart uh, to speak in a way that, that, that glorifies you, Lord. Ultimately, I want to bring glory to Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I ask you for the empowerment to do so. Uh, with every person that's here, I, I pray your grace and your peace to be upon them as well, Lord God. Let ears uh, be open with uh, your gentleness and let hearts be uh, cultivated with your, with your stirring. And uh, when we leave here, all of us together, may we say, man, it's been good to be in God's house. And that message was beneficial for our lives. So we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. amen. Let me start out by saying this. Uh, divorce is never God's ideal. It's never God's idea. For us to get divorced. When I started this series, I started with a foundational scripture. And that scripture comes from Genesis 2.24. And it says, for this reason or for this cause, a man will leave his father and mother and will cleave to his wife and the two will become one. And Jesus uses that same scripture and then Paul uses that same scripture to talk about the importance of marriage. In fact, uh, God spoke through his prophet Malachi and he said this, I hate divorce says the Lord, the God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So guard your heart and do not be unfaithful to your wife. Why does, why does God hate divorce? Because of the hurt 
and the negative effects that it has on individuals and families. And, and then Jesus comes on the scene, and Jesus being God, being the, the second person of the Trinity, he, he was asked by the religious leaders if it was okay for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all. And he answered this. Now, the religious leaders were trying to trick Jesus. They were trying to uh, deceive him. And, uh, and, and they were saying, Moses gave us the ability to give a certificate of divorce to a woman and, or to our wives. And then Jesus answered them, and he said this. Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts. But it was not what God had originally intended. And I tell you this, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else will commit adultery. Unless his wife has been unfaithful. So Jesus confirms what God had said. The original intent is for husbands and wives to continue in marriage. Let me emphasize this, and I will continue to emphasize this over and over and over. Marriage is of God, and we should strive to work in our marriages by seeking help, by seeking counsel, by seeking mentoring and biblical discipleship. But do you notice that there is an unless in the context when, when Jesus said, unless, it tells me that some things are going to happen in a marriage. Why? Because we're involved. And we're imperfect, right? All of us, I'm, I'm speaking from myself, all of us are imperfect. All of us have an ability to mess something up. And so I thought about three words that, that accompany divorce. The first one, they all start with A. The first one is adultery. Right? When adultery happens in a marriage, you break trust and you have a, 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 uh, a sexual relationship with someone else, whether it's a, uh, you're a husband and you have a sexual relationship with another woman or another man, and, and, and that breaks your trust in, in your marriage. Uh, the other, the other or, a, or a wife does the same thing. So adultery is, is one of the, the A's that accompany divorce. The other one is abandonment. When a husband or a wife abandons their, their marriage, and they, and they leave uh, their family, and that happens. And then the third one is abuse, whether it's physical abuse where you, where you physically uh, beat your, your husband or your wife. Uh, it's, 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 it's a part of how divorce comes into play. The other part is emotional or verbal abuse. When you speak to a spouse and you, you, you degrade them to the point that you, you break them down and they can't take it anymore. Uh, and, and then the, the third one is sexual abuse, right? Now, let me say this. God can transform any person from your past of being a person who abandoned your family or a person who was an adulterer or a person that's uh, been abusive. And many of us, many of us are examples of this transformation, Many of us that are sitting here and standing here today, we are an a, 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 uh, example of the power of God working in us as individuals and in our lives. But there are times, beloved, there are times when individuals don't allow God in their lives. And they continue to abuse or they continue to abandon their families or they continue in adultery. And they refuse help. Or counseling, and when they do so, they're pushing not only their spouse away, but they're pushing who? They're pushing God away out of their lives. And without God, there's usually no hope. And can I tell you that it's it's never it's never God's intent or his will for you to be continually abused. It's never God's will or his intent for someone to be abandoned. And it's definitely not his will for someone to continue in adulterous relationships. So the unless comes into play. And it comes into play not as a license for divorce, but as a consensus for the mercy of God to come into a relationship and for that broken individual that has been cheated on or has been abused physically or been abandoned for the mercy of God to begin to be poured and their lives to be restored.
maybe you're here today or, you know, maybe you're going to be listening on the podcast. Maybe you're listening on the podcast and you've recently gone through a divorce or you might be going through a divorce today. And here's what I want you to know. You don't have to live in a shame or condemnation way of life. You don't have to live in eternal shame because of divorce. There is mercy and there's grace that comes from the cross of Jesus Christ. So my my scripture passage that I picked out, in fact, God gave it to me whenever I was uh, the first part of this series. The scripture passage goes like this. I tell you, every kind of sin can be forgiven. In fact, in the, in the NIV, it says every kind of sin or slander can be forgiven. And then Jesus goes on to say, but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. And, he, and here's the context. The context is that Jesus was demonstrating many miracles in the presence of a lot of people. But the religious leaders, the people were saying, is this the Son of God? Is this the Messiah? Look at what he's doing. And the, the religious leaders, because of their hatred for Jesus, because of how they were indifferent to him, they said the miracles that he's doing are not through God, but he's doing them through, the, through Beelzebub, the prince of the evil world. And so what they were attributing to, to, to Jesus was that the devil was working through Jesus. And he says, you can, you can call me everything, he said, but the works that I'm doing, this is what he's really saying, the works that I'm doing are being done by God. And so if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit who's doing these works through me, there will never be forgiveness because Jesus is the only way to forgiveness. You see, the blood that was going to be shed by Jesus was going to be able to forgive every person of whatever fault you've ever done in your life. But if we deny the power that works through Jesus, you can never be forgiven. That is so important. Even divorce. So if you're going through a divorce or you've gone through a divorce, you need to know that God is a safe place. The church is a place of healing, not condemnation. It's a place where broken people can be restored. Your children need to know that God is their refuge. And the church is a place where they can receive the healing that they need and they do, will not receive judgment. Divorce doesn't have the final word in your life. The work of Jesus Christ will have the final word. And the work of Jesus Christ is complete and can restore you. And so my prayer is, as I, list, as I bring four things, four things that God supplies that they'll help you through your difficulties of divorce and, and, and also... Some of us have had family members that have gone through a divorce or family members that are in a divorce, going through it. My prayer is that this message can help you to help them as well. Here's the first thing that will help you and that God supplies. Forgiveness. There is so much guilt that accompanies divorce. When I talk to people, usually what their, what their verbiage is, what did I do wrong? I'm a failure at my marriage. Or they, or they do the opposite. My spouse, he's the scum of the earth. <laughs> and here's the thing, every one of these, whether you say I'm a failure what did I do wrong? Every one of these unforgiving thoughts and comments will or possibly are impacting your life decisions. In other words, when you're living in unforgiveness, your whole life will be impacted by the way that, you're, the way that you feel, the way that you, uh, the way that you act through your anger and all these different things. While divorce is not God's ideal... 
You need to know that God forgives all things through Jesus. When Jesus said every kind of sin can be forgiven, he means every sin. And I think a lot of times in the church, we we get to this place where you can be forgiven for this, but did you get divorced? Or you can be forgiven to this, or you're a homosexual, you've been a homosexual, or all the, and we think that we, we categorize sin. The Bible says that every kind of sin can be forgiven. The blood of Jesus Christ will wash and cleanse everything that we've ever done wrong. You and I need to know that forgiveness is a foundation to your healing from divorce. And here's how it starts. You have to forgive yourself. You need to quit condemning yourself. You need to quit thinking I'm a failure. I just, I screwed up my marriage. I just messed everything up. You need to forgive your ex and whoever's connected to the pain. That, that person that your ex had an affair with, that person that your ex is with, you need to forgive him and her. You need to forgive her and him. You, and, and, and sometimes, as hard as it is for us to grasp, you need to forgive God. Sometimes we blame God for our divorce. Sometimes, God, God if, if you're so good, why, why did I go through this? If you're so good, why is my life like this? If you're so good, why did my husband cheat on me? Why did my wife leave us? But was it God? Or was it a person? And sometimes we got to say, God, forgive me. I release you because it wasn't you. And that helps us to begin to heal. And can I tell you that you enter into this forgiveness with repentance. And that's such a beautiful word because repentance just means I'm going to go to God instead of away from God. That's what repentance means. It means I'm going to go, I'm going to go God's way instead of my way. I'm going to turn to God's directions instead of my instructions or my philosophy or my way of doing it. In fact, Peter, he was preaching in, in a second message. He says, repent and turn to God. So that your sins will be wiped out. And then times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Can I tell you, when you're in the divorce, you're, you're filled with hurt. You're filled with pain. You're filled with shame. You're filled with condemnation. And when you come and you turn to God, repentance doesn't mean that you start acting a certain way. It says, I'm going to turn to God. I'm going to let God be my healer. I'm going to let God be, my, be the one that, I, that he's going to be my source. I'm going to let God uh, be the one that, 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 that carries me through this. There's a promise that comes with that, beloved. The promise is that you'll be refreshed. When you worship God, you get refreshed. And you need to know that there's three opposites to this. There's three opposites to forgiveness, and each one of them is rated R. Think about it. We're in this PG series. They're rated R. They all start with R. The first one is rage. If you've been in a divorce, I can't believe you did this to me! And you rage, and you're upset. I can't believe this. You rage and you rage and you rage and you rage. The second R is resentment. I'll never forgive you. I resent what you've done. The third one is revenge. And they're all rated R. They're all, as far as God is concerned, they're restricted. He doesn't want for us to go there. And here's the thing, beloved. This is what you need to understand. And think about it because it's so true. All of these rated R's, whether it's rage or revenge or resentment, they filter into your kids. They filter in. When you get mad and you're upset all the time, you're going to see your kids, they're going to, they're going to react the same way. When you're resentful, they're going to resent the same way. It becomes a, it becomes a generational thing. And here's what rage does. 
Rage will always lead you to make choices that are hurtful. Hurtful to you and hurtful to others. Physical abuse stems from rage. Can I tell you why? Because in your rage, you lose control. You ever dealt with someone, maybe you guys haven't, but you ever dealt with someone that's, that's, that's uh, been addicted or, or, or has gone into a life of anabolic steroids? You ever heard when someone say they rage? It's true. They pump so much testosterone into their body that, that that's not, it, it's, inor- it's not normal. And so they, they can't react rationally, so they... But unforgiveness does the same thing. You, there's people that rage and they lose control. And then they abuse. They, they either abuse their kids physically or they abuse their spouses or, or, or who they go into the next relationship physically because they get out of control. Ch- uh, child abuse, whether it's sexual abuse, is because you're out of control. Someone is not in control when they can abuse a little kid sexually. They're, they've lost control. Emotionally, when, when, when someone's verbally abusive and, they, and they, they lose control and they say things that later on they're, I'm sorry, the next day they're like puppies. But it's a cycle. It's a cycle. That one day they tell you, you're nothing but an effing boom, 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 bing, bang. And the next day they're like a puppy dog saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. And then again, boom, bing, boom, bam, boom. And it's a vicious cycle because they never dealt with the rage. There's a place that they're holding unforgiveness. Now, resentment, resentment will lead you to hold on to offenses. And any time you hold on to something in your life, you will get stuck. You'll never move forward. And in a divorce, so many people hold on to resentment. They hold on to a situation. They hold on. And every relationship they go into, when something that's similar comes into their life, that resentment stems up. You're just like my husband. You're just like my wife. And it destroys relationships over and over and over because you have not embraced the door of healing in forgiveness. Because you try to do things your own way. You try to do your your relationships your own way instead of doing it God's way. Revenge. Oh, that's a killer. I'll tell you why. Revenge is always trying to one-up somebody for the harm that they've done. You cheated on me, I'll cheat on you. You did this to my mom, I'll do this to your mom. I heard a story just recently of a, they ended up in divorce, of a a husband and wife, and the husband said, you know, I I got in a fight with the brother of my wife, and and, uh, the mother-in-law got involved, and the dad, um, uh, the mother-in-law got hurt accidentally, and the dad called uh, my mom and my sister, and the dad to a place that nobody knew, that no one was around. And the, 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 the father beat up the, his mom and sister. Revenge. And so, and so we think to ourselves, and, and, and come on, church people, let's not like, oh, I can't believe that happened. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. Uh, you know, paybacks in, 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 uh, in, in relationships, they happen all the time. And, and before you know it, you wake up one morning after paying them back. I'm going to pay them back for what they've done. And you're having these sexual relationships. And you wake up one morning thinking, what in the world am I doing? Or you end up at the doctor thinking, what in the world have I done? So Paul writes to the Romans and he says, friends, don't take revenge. Don't do it. That's rated R. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For for the Bible says, 
that God says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. You see, God, here's the beautiful thing. God gives us a promise that when we've been wronged and we turn to him, he will take care of the wrong in our life. And I believe that with all my heart. As hard as it is, you know, when someone has, has maybe molested one of our kids, if anyone has ever gone through that, and you say, I'm going to go kill this guy. I can do that or I can say, Lord, I'm going to just trust you in this. I know that you'll take revenge. I know you'll do it right. Because my anger is wicked, unrighteous anger, and your anger is righteous. And you see things clearly. And in your divorce, beloved, in your divorce, you don't see things clearly. You need God. In that brokenness, you need God. Because really what everybody's looking for is the third thing that God provides. What everybody's looking for is faithfulness. What we're all looking for is a faithful friend. What we're all looking for is a faithful family member. See, some of us are in families that there's a brokenness. You don't trust each other. I, I talked about that in one of the first parts of the series, how you have to build trust. But what you find is unfaithfulness, and your kids begin to say, nobody's faithful. And notice what God spoke through Malachi. Notice what he said. Guard your heart. He's talking to men. Guard your heart. Don't be unfaithful to your wife. Now, do yourself a favor in your outline. Circle unfaithful. And then Jesus turns around and he's talking to men, religious leaders, because they just want to get a divorce just because their wife burned the tortilla. They, they want to get a divorce because, you know, she didn't make green chili. You know, they made red chili or whatever. And whatever reason, they want a divorce. In other words... And, 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 and here's, what, here's what Jesus says. He says, don't divorce unless, unless your wife has been unfaithful. And I'll say this because God has shown us through his mercy and his forgiveness, even when people are unfaithful, there is still restoration in a marriage when God is involved. What every family needs is faithfulness. Let me tell you why. Because faithfulness builds trust. Unfaithfulness depletes it. I knew a man very well. Growing up, his mom had an affair on his dad, and it was very secretive. This man that I knew very well, he was, as he was growing up, he thought his family was a perfect family. There was nothing wrong. Parents never fought. Until this man, who I know really well, was at a school bus stop, and his friend told him, hey, you know, your mom is seeing some other man. And that man, who I knew very well, said, I'm going to beat your donkey, dude, for saying that. You see, because every person desires faithfulness. Every person, every kid, every, every, every husband, every wife, every grandfather, every grandmother, you need faithfulness. Because unfaithfulness depletes us of trust. Faithfulness fills us with it. But here's what you need to know. Faithfulness always starts with God. It never starts with people. Do you know that? All of us in here have the potential to be unfaithful, but God never does. Amen? All of us have the potential of, of breaking someone's trust, but God never does. So when, when I gave my life to Jesus and I was a very unfaithful person, 
done a lot of harm to my, my family, to my marriage. And my wife gave her life to Jesus at the same time. We came to a place, and the greatest decision, the greatest statement that we ever said was, I trust the Lord Jesus Christ in my wife. And she said, I trust God. I trust the Lord Jesus Christ in my husband. Because we understood that God is faithful even when we're not. And as long as we give God an open door to our lives, there's an open possibility and there's an open reality that you will become the faithful person that you could never be without God. Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he said this, God is faithful. He's called you. He's knocking on the door to some of your guys' hearts and lives. And he's called you into fellowship, into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then Jesus Christ becomes your Lord. He becomes your kurios. He becomes supreme in authority. You submit yourself to him. And he begins to change everything about our makeup, our nature, our character, our personality. And then our even if we've been divorced, you get better. You get better. Because God heals. And you know what God does? He brings us into a family. Did you know that? That's the fourth thing that God does to us in a divorce. You know, in a divorce, there's a broken, there's a broken, uh, 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 well, I, I'm, I'm moving ahead of myself. Whew. That's the fourth one. Let me tell you the third one. The third thing that God brings because our foundation is broken in a, in a, in a divorce, right? Our relationship foundation is broken. Jesus Christ brings a firm foundation into our lives. A divorce tells us that our marriage was broke. Nobody, nobody gets a divorce because your marriage is going fantastic. There's either been abandonment, abuse, adultery, all these things, and you're, and you're trying to navigate your hurt feelings, and your foundation is completely cracked, it's broken. You haven't had no faithfulness. You, you've never seen faithfulness. And Jesus comes into your life. You open up your heart to him through repentance. You receive that forgiveness. You find his faithfulness. And then he starts to build a firm foundation in your life. That's what some of us need. That's what every person needs. But I'm saying there's some of us in here. There's someone listening on the podcast that your foundation, your family foundation is broken. And you need God. To begin to build your house, the house of your life, with a foundation that's from him. Jesus said these words, and I love them. I, I, I mean, this is, these, are, these are true to my life. He said, therefore, everyone who hears my words, these words of mine, and puts them into practice. Can you say that with me? And puts them into practice. This is one more time. And puts them into practice. Let's tell Ivan, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Iverson. What's, what's the basketball player? Allen. Let's tell Allen Iverson. And we put them into practice. <laughs> that went over somebody's head. He said, it's like a wise man. It's like a wise man. Let's say a wise person who built their house on the rock. And when the rain came down and the streams began to rise, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into, say with me, into practice. It's like a foolish man who built his house on sand and the rain came down and the streams began to rise and the winds blew and they beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Divorce crashes us. 
And I hear people, I was just talking to somebody this week. I hear people tell me, hey, well, my friend was religious. My family members were religious, and they still got a divorce. Or my friend still cheated on his wife. You know, you can, you can look at all these on the news because the news is really good about showing the negativity in the church. They're not showing, you know, all the great things that God is doing in, in, in people. But when something negative, they'll say, look at what happened in Willow Creek and look at what happened in the Roman Catholic Church and all these things. And, and they'll say, look, they're, they're religious. God never called us to be religious. Just because we sit in these, these, these uh, walls of this, this place of worship doesn't mean anything. What God called us to do is to put Jesus' words into practice. Are you religious? No. I just talked to an educator on, on, on Friday at this, this big gathering. One of the school teachers, an atheist. And God's going to get him. I already know it. Because <laughs> he came across me. <laughs> so we were talking. I said, I said, dude, you still playing the guitar? Yeah, I'm playing the guitar. You should come play. We, you know, we, we get together, we play the guitar, and we play, you know. I'll tell you who we're playing to later on, but, you know, <laughs> I'll explain that to you later. It's good music, though. Oh, I can't, I can't, I'm not religious. I can't go to church. We don't want you to be religious, dude. Don't even say that. But what God wants us to do, if you want to have a firm foundation, you need to put the words of God into practice. And then what you find out, because in a divorce, families are broken. And what God does is he brings us into his family. The fourth thing he gives us is he gives us family. Divorce is always about broken families, is God, and God is always about restoring us into his family. How did Jesus teach his disciples to pray? Anyone? Our Father. Notice he didn't say, my Father. He said, when you come to pray, you're going to pray from a, a, a position of family with, with my name at the very center of it. I'm the eternal Son. And you guys are going to come in through me. Our Father who art in heaven. It's a family dynamic. Can I tell you, some of you that are broken through divorce, you need to know there's a family that's imperfect, but we serve a perfect one. We're, 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 we're fathered by a perfect one who will never, ever, ever leave us. And this is so important. There's a father in heaven that Jesus talks to us about, but he's not everybody's father until Jesus becomes your savior. For 26 years of my life, that father that was in heaven was drawing me to him, but he was my God. I didn't know him until that one night that I said, God, I, I, I'm lost without you. I need you in my life. And I put my trust in Jesus Christ and he forgave me of my sins. This is what John said in, in his gospel. He said, to all who believed in him, and that's Jesus, to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave them the right to become children of God. When people tell me God is everybody's father, I'll say, no, he's not. He's everybody's God. He's over the whole world. But he's only the father, the eternal father of those who trust in Jesus Christ. And your life can never be restored from God's perspective until you make Christ your savior. We had a man that was doing our stucco work in one of our first phases when we built the student center. This used to be a smaller building. Now we have several because of God's mercy and grace and his love. And so this guy was in over there. He was doing stucco work, and I went and talked to him. I said, how you doing, bro? Good. 
I don't want to talk about religion. I said, oh, no, I won't talk to you about religion. I, I especially don't want to talk about religion. So we started talking, started talking about the mine and how we worked at the mine and all these different things. And I went out there about three days after our first initial talk. And he said, I want to talk to you about something. He said, when I pray, and I thought to myself, hmm, you want to talk about God? <laughs> when I pray, it seems like my prayers don't make it outside of the walls. It's like they don't even go out. It's like God doesn't hear it. And I listened to him and I said, that's an easy answer, bro. What? What do you mean? I said, that's an easy answer. Your prayers can't be heard until you say, Jesus, come into my life. And then you're going to have Jesus accompany those prayers to the Father. And your prayers will be heard like you never, ever, ever could imagine. Well, how do I do that? You can receive Jesus right now. Let's pray a prayer. And he prayed to receive Jesus. Now, let's talk about him real quick and because it goes with this message. He was, he was not married. He was struggling. He was in a, in a relationship. And he gave his life to Jesus. Progressively, he got married. He fell in love with God. God began to take all these vices from him, all the drugs, all the things that, that were in his life. He became a member of the church. And he said, will you pray for my work? I said, okay, let's pray. And then after about three, four months, he said, I have so much work, I don't even know what to do. I said, would you want me to pray for you not to have work? Because <laughs> we can do that, bro. You can have a vacation for a year. He said, no, don't do that. Here's the thing, beloved. Is there's a family. If you're in a divorce or you've gone through a divorce, you're in the right place. Because at Living Word Chapel, we're just a part of the family of God. We're not better than the church down the street. We're not better than the church down the country. We're just a part of the body of Christ. We're an extension of Jesus Christ. But we can be a part of your family. We can be a part of your healing. We can be a part of the extension of God's hands, the extensions of God's message, the extension of God's feet. And he be can begin to restore your life today. God does not condemn your divorce. He, I mean, he does, doesn't condemn you and your divorce. He doesn't hate you. He loves you. And he wants to restore you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to, uh, as the praise team comes up, I'm going to pray a prayer with you. And maybe you're here today and you've never said, Jesus, I am going to give you my life. That needs to happen. Dear, dear, dear lady, dear man, you need to you need to actually say, Jesus, come into my life. He does not force himself in. He invites you. He knocks on the door of your heart. He's waiting for you to answer the door so that he can come in and have lunch with you. He can have, a, he can have dinner with you. He can, have, he can commune with you. But he will never force himself in. If you open up the door of your heart today, he'll come in. God will come in. And he'll make his home with you. And he'll never leave you ever from this day forward. So I'm going to pray a prayer right now, and this is a prayer for you to let Jesus come in and let him begin to take over and help you in your life. So everybody close your eyes and just bow your heads in, 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 in humility and, and pray this prayer with me if you're here today and you want to do that. Say, God, I'm so tired of trying to do my life without you. In fact, my way is not working. So I turn from my ways today. I'm making the choice to let you take the wheel by receiving Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I surrender my life to you and I accept, I accept today your forgiveness and your restoration in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Now, we can all together say amen, and everyone keep their, their heads bowed, and, and if you're here today, this is just you agreeing with, with me and with God that I've made that decision today. You can raise your hand, and not, believe me, we won't, we won't embarrass you or do anything. Yes, dear sister, I see your hand. Beautiful. And bro, I see your hand right there. Anybody else, it's just a, it's just a choice that you're making today. Say, Jesus, 
You, you got first place in my life. Yes, I see you in the back. That's awesome. And I see your hand, dear lady, in the front. Praise God for that. It's beautiful. It takes courage to, to, to stand up for God, but it took courage for Jesus to go to the cross for us. And, and some of you guys today, you, you've made that. Can I tell you, you're saved forever. Not because of what you have done, but because of what God has done for you. So praise him for what he's done today. So I just saw four beautiful hands that went up that I've never seen before. And, uh, and, and so there's a, there's a party going on in heaven right now because you are in the eternal family of God. Your life never stops. It never ends. It will go on forever in heaven. Now, here's the second thing that I want to do. I've asked the elders and the, and the wives to, to prepare themselves in prayer for prayer. I asked them to, to, to take some time and go before the Lord before today. And uh, they, they're prayed up. And they want to be here for you. If you're, if you're in a relationship that's struggling, if you're in a, in a marriage that, uh, that, that you want uh, God's help, uh, we're, we're going to be up here and we're going to pray with you. And I believe that everything that will be prayed for, that God is going to answer. I believe it. He's going to answer it in his perfect way, okay? And, and, and maybe you want to come in. I, I had a couple come first service that stood in for their, for their son and, and daughter-in-law. They're going through a divorce, and they came up, and we prayed. And, and, and not, divorce doesn't just affect a husband and wife. It affects everybody. It affects the sons, the daughters, the, the parents, the grandparents. It affects everybody. So maybe you're here, and you just want some prayer. Uh, elders and wives, would you please come forward at this time? And, um, and everyone else, let's stand up and we're going to start to worship the Lord. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.